Hey family, good morning, good morning. I wanna welcome you to Toronto City Church and to our online worship experience. It is the first Sunday of July. We're excited to have a great month. I'm also excited to be coming to you from our brand new studio here at Toronto City Church. Our team has been putting a lot of time and effort and work behind the scenes and just working to continue to grow and improve what we're doing. And so, it's just real awesome to be together. I'm excited to continue to be here online on Sundays. I'm also excited for our in-person gatherings that are happening on Friday night. If you need more information about that, make sure you just check out our website or contact us here. We'd be glad to let you know about it. So, being the first Sunday of the month, there's several things that we are going to be doing. First and foremost, as always, we will be taking communion together. So please make sure you have your cup, make sure you have your, your cracker ready, have your bread, the juice, be ready to go because at the end of my teaching, we're going to be taking communion together and we're going to be praying for healing. And speaking of healing, that leads into obviously again the first Sunday of the month. The second important thing that's happening is it is Healing School Sunday. So we are going to be continuing on our journey of praying into learning about leaning in for healing as a church family. And so let's pray together right now. I would just want to commit this time to the Lord. I want to commit what I'm sharing to him. And I'm really believing God to just to move and to speak to us in a powerful way today. Let's agree together. Father, we come before you today in Jesus name. And Lord, we thank you so much just for this opportunity we have to be here together. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity we have, even though we're um, we're distanced in, in so many ways, we're, we're still connected in the spirit. And Father, as we just take another Sunday here to lean into healing, to lean into focus on just your word and your promises and believing for your power, I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that is here. This is not something we can do in our own strength. It's something that we do uh, through your strength. But we, we just thank you for this and we welcome you here today in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said, amen. All right, so last month, our series was entitled Abba. And uh, between myself and Pastor Samuel teaching, which he, he did an amazing job bringing the word last week, we really were focusing in on the love of God the Father and just on this foundational truth and revelation of knowing the love that God has for us. Today, I want to connect into that for Healing School Sunday. And I want to talk to you about the connection between love and healing. Or if we could say it a little differently, because really the word we're going to focus on today is the connection between compassion and healing. Now, if we were to look at the scriptures time and time again, we see that Jesus was moved by compassion when he healed people or when he worked miracles. I'll give you an example from Mark chapter 1, 40 to 42. And it says this, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Obviously here we see in this passage that Jesus was moved by compassion. You see, this leper had come to him. And I know many of us would be familiar from our, our Bible study or our reading time of, of leprosy and what was all about. But leprosy was a terrible, terrible disease. It was a terrible disease that 
was quite common in Jesus' day. Thankfully, today in the world we're in, uh, at least in many areas of the world, it's it's basically uh, you know been ended, and there isn't leprosy. Sadly, there still is different places of our world where there is leprosy, but it was this terrible disease, and what it would do is it comes into your body and it begins to eat away at your nerve endings and and your body begins to break down and your body begins to be destroyed your body doesn't feel pain so you know you could lose a finger and you wouldn't even feel it um, you know it, it was a terrible terrible disease that would once you had it it was incurable and and obviously it completely changed your life furthermore not only did it do this to you physically but you also became an outcast from society because this disease was uh, communicable to others. And, it, it, you know, so you, if you had leprosy, you had to move away from your family. You had to move away from, from society. You could not be a regular participant in society, but you were an outcast. So we see that this man came to Jesus and he had leprosy. It was destroying his body. It was destroying his life. It, it, it had destroyed his place in society. But he cried out to Jesus for healing. And we see here again, just what we're talking about, the focus today, that Jesus was moved with compassion and he touched him and the leper was cleansed. Now, something I just want to comment here, it's very interesting to note, under the old covenant or in the old Testament, if you, you were never supposed to touch someone who was unclean, you were never supposed to touch a leper. Because in the Old Covenant, if you touch someone who is unclean, you would become unclean yourself. But watch what Jesus did here because Jesus, in establishing the New Covenant, in Jesus, in establishing the New Way, he completely flipped the script. Why? Because he touched someone who was unclean, and instead of him becoming unclean himself, he actually imparted healing, and he made that person clean. In other words, the cleanness in Jesus overwhelmed the uncleanness in this leper. Where in the Old Testament, it, Jesus would have become unclean. Whoever touched the leper would become unclean, but Jesus was starting something new. And guys, this just speaks to me so much because this is the power of the gospel. You know, even as we talk about healing, as we talk about just, uh, you know, the supernatural and seeing the power of God manifested, this is part of the gospel. This is part of the way that God demonstrates the gospel. This is part of the way that he proves the gospel. And in the gospel, it's Jesus was clean. We were unclean with sin, right? Leprosy would almost be like a type or a pattern of sin. But then Jesus touches our lives. He touches us and we are saved. We are healed. We are transformed. And so he was clean. He touched us. We were unclean, but now we become clean. But in the same way, this is his call for us now, where he says, you don't need to try and avoid or stay away from that which is unclean. Obviously, we want to walk in holiness, and there's things that we don't open our lives up to. But especially when it comes to ministering and loving people, he's saying, listen, the light inside of you, it's my light, and it is stronger than the darkness, that I've called you to go into all the world, and I've called you to be part of the solution. I've called you to impact and change lives. I've called you to touch those who are unclean and through my power, see them become clean. But see what the catalyst for all this was, was it was compassion, right? Jesus was moved with compassion. Come on, wherever you are right now, I want you to say moved with compassion. And so this leads us to a very important question of what is compassion? 
Well, really simply, compassion is a deep love that moves you to action. Let me say that again. Compassion is a deep love that moves you to action. You know, in the, in the biblical culture that Jesus was in, in the Jewish culture, there was this concept of if you love someone very deeply, they'd say you love them literally from your guts. Like you, you love them from the deepest part of you. And it would speak of this deep, deep love. That's what compassion was. But it's very interesting and important to note here, guys. This compassion is only compassion when it moves you to action. Right? Compassion is not compassion if there is no action. And a lot of times we disconnect our love from our action. You know, we can be notorious about this in church, can't we? Oh yes, I love you, brother. Oh yes, I love you, sister. Oh yes, we want to love our city. Oh yes, we want to love those around us. But God says it's not compassion if it doesn't move you to action. Right? That's why it says Jesus was moved with compassion. When you have compassion, it is something that moves you. It's something that propels you into action. It's something that causes you to change your posture, to change your position, to get outside of your comfort zone. This is what compassion is. And we see, again, our example, Jesus, that he was moved with compassion. Let's look at a few more passages where it tells us more about this. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 20, 29 to 34. It says, now as he went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men were sitting by the road. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out even more saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still and he called them. And he said, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus, watch this, had compassion and he touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Once again, we see that Jesus had compassion. Yo, I think it's really important that we see in this passage here. It very easily could have said uh, that they said, like he said, they said, Lord, we want our eyes to be opened. And it very easily could have said, so Jesus, uh, touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. It didn't have to say that Jesus had compassion on them, but the Holy Spirit decided for a very specific reason to put this in here. He had a very specific reason for including in this passage, for including the other passages that we're looking at, that Jesus was moved by compassion or Jesus had compassion. And I believe this is because compassion is very is a very important ingredient. It's something that is very important when it comes to talking about healing and the supernatural. We need to be moved by compassion. Come on, somebody where you are right now say moved by compassion. Let's next move to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. It says, Then Jesus went out about all the cities and villages, teaching their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, watch this again, he was moved with compassion. Come on, somebody say moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out his laborers into his harvest field. 
And once again, family, we see this again, that Jesus was moved with compassion. See, this passage gives us a context. Jesus was in, 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 you know, very much in the, you know, kind of the, the strength of his ministry. He was traveling. He was teaching. He was preaching. He was healing. And yet he sees the multitudes and he is moved with compassion. And it leads, interestingly enough, to this very well-known passage where he talks about the harvest is plentiful, but labors are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest that he send forth labors. Once again, we see compassion is moving to action. You know, we could go over to Mark chapter 8, 1 to 2, and it says, In these days, the multitudes being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they've now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And so if we go on to read the rest of this passage, this is where Jesus feeds the 4,000. He takes the loaves, he takes the fish, he multiplies them. And 4,000 men plus women and children are fed. It's, it's another time like when he fed the 5,000. But notice again, right in the middle of this, the Holy Spirit intentionally made sure that it was written that he had compassion. Are you seeing the pattern here? We are seeing healings, we are seeing miracles, but we are seeing that a compassion, this deep love that Jesus had that moved him to action, that it was very much in the middle of this. He had compassion on the multitudes. Come on, somebody say, moved with compassion. Let's go to John 14, 1 to 14. I know we're doing a lot of scripture today, but I just want you to see this from the Bible. We're going to read, uh, this one was reading a little longer because it'll give us some context for where we're going to. It says, at that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the report about Jesus. And he said to his servants, this is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore these powers that at work in him. For Herod had laid hold of Jesus and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Because John had said to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. And although he wanted to put him to death, he feared the multitude because he counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was celebrated, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Therefore, he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. So she, having been prompted by her mother, said, give me John the Baptist's head on a platter. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, because of his oath and because of those who sat with him, he commanded it to be given to her. So he sent and had John beheaded in prison. And his head was brought out on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. Then his disciples came and took away the body and buried it, and they went and told Jesus. Now, I want to pause here for a second. Obviously, I've read this entire account to give us some context for what we're about to see. John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. He was obviously the one who prepared the way, and they were family. There was obviously a family love between them. The Bible doesn't tell us a lot about how much they may have connected or interacted growing up. We know they would have been very close in age. And so it would be fair to think that they did grow up together, and they'd spent a lot of time together before John moved into the wilderness and moved into his calling. And so we just hear this grisly story of where John is beheaded by Herod. His disciples take his body, they bury it, and they come and tell Jesus. Now, verse 13, we see here, it says, When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. Now, pause there for a moment. You know, a lot of times, I think we forget about the fact 
of Jesus' humanity. See, the truth or the power of the incarnation was Jesus was fully God, but he became fully man. And he became fully man because he wanted to walk through and experience everything that we walked through. And so sometimes when we read a story like this, we just, I don't know, we get this picture like it just kind of bounces off Jesus. It doesn't even bother him. But just think about this. Jesus just found out his cousin had been killed. And all his cousin had been killed, but his cousin had been murdered in a very terrible way. And so when we see it, he heard it. He departed there by boat to a deserted place by himself. Why? Because he was sad. Because he was grieving. Because he just had this terrible news brought to him about just a, a gross injustice and tragedy against his cousin. And so he needed to take some time. He needed to take some time away. But watch this. It goes on to say, but when the multitudes heard about it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out and he saw a great multitude, he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. See, once again, we see this compassion, this love in action that moved Jesus. Now, in himself, did he feel like ministering to all those people at this time? Probably not. I think it would be fair to say he definitely did not. He'd gone to get away. He'd gone away to grieve. He'd gone away to try and process what had happened with his cousin. I guarantee you, he'd gone away to pray and to spend some time with his father. And yet in the middle of this, the, the multitudes of people come and they track him down. Now, in himself, I'm sure he probably felt like saying, listen, can you give me a break? Listen, can you just give me some time here? My cousin just died. Like, do you guys have no, no heart? Do you have no, I mean, there's all these things that probably in, him, in himself he felt like saying, but what happened? He saw the multitude. He was moved with compassion and he went and healed their sick. See, when we are filled with compassion, when we've been impacted by compassion, we'll even push through our own challenges. We'll push through our own difficulties. We won't just be looking at ourselves, but we will really be looking at the lives of others. And once again, we see that compassion moves us to action. Come on, somebody say compassion moves us to action. Luke 7, chapter 11 to 15 says this, Now it happened the day after he went into a city called Nain. And many of disciples went with him, and there was a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And the large crowd from the city was with her. And when Jesus saw her, watch it again, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried with him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And so when he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Now, I don't know about you, but I always find this miracle, which is absolutely incredible, doesn't get the same type of press that many other miracles that Jesus performed did. Uh, you know, growing up in Sunday school, growing up in church, you don't tend to hear about this miracle as much. But when you think about it and you try and paint the picture of what happened here, I mean, it is mind-blowing. Jesus is coming into the city. There's this funeral procession coming out. It talks about, it doesn't tell us the name of the mother or the name of the son, but it does tell us something very important, that she was a widow and she had lost her only son. 
So if she's a widow, this means she's already lost her husband and now she's lost her only son. We don't know the entire backstory. We don't know all that she's gone through in her life. We don't know all that is connected to this. But we do know that she's lost her husband. Now she's lost her son. I mean, imagine the anguish and the hurt she must have been feeling. Furthermore, in losing her only son, there were serious economic repercussions to the situation. She basically had now been condemned to a life of poverty. Because in those days, there was no government assistance or government support or you know retirement saving plans. Your, your retirement savings plan was your children. And especially if you had a son, you know, as, as the, the, pros, the process would be, you would take care of your children. And then as you got older, they would take care of you. That's the way the culture worked. And so to become a widow and then to lose your only son, not only was there the personal anguish that she must have dealt with, but there was some very real economic repercussions to what was going on. But in the middle of us all, watch it once again, the Holy Spirit, as the scriptures were being written, was very specific to mention that Jesus had compassion on her. He had compassion on her. He had compassion on her situation. He was moved with compassion. And so he raised her son from the dead. I mean, guys, and we could go on and on and on, and we could talk about so many different passages where it is either directly stated that Jesus was moved with compassion, or it is insinuated that he was moved with compassion. I would suggest that we see it enough in the passages that there would have to be that Jesus was just regularly moved by compassion. Furthermore, he was in ministry for well over, like over three years. And the Bible is very clear that while there are key miracles or key healings that we're told about, that he was regularly working miracles and healings that have not been written down for us in the scripture. And in the middle of all, there was this compassion that moved him to action. So this leads us then to the question of how does this connect to us, right? Like obviously, it's great to hear about the works that Jesus did. I love reading about his miracles. I love, you know, trying to picture this widow mother and the look on her face, the look on the, the, the faces of the crowd when Jesus raised her son from the dead. But in the middle of this, what we've got to guard against is we often will read it, but subconsciously we go, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, you know, that's, but that's Jesus. I mean, maybe even consciously we say this. You know, that, like, that's great, but that's Jesus. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how this applies to me. Like, I'm thankful, but we're talking about Jesus here, Pastor Brandon, right? But we have to remember that in John 14, verse 12, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And even greater works than these will he do because I go to my father. Now, I'll be really straightforward with you on this. This is one of the verses that blows my mind. This is one of the verses that in my natural self, I still have a hard time getting my head around. But Jesus said it. He said that because he goes to the Father, right? Because he's going to Abba, right? Just as we talked about last month, he's saying that you are going to do the same works that I do. And furthermore, you are going to do even greater works. Not because we're great, not because of anything amazing in ourselves, but because of him and because of his love and his power in us. And obviously we understand because he said, when I go to the Father, I'm going to send another to you, the Holy Spirit, and he's going to come and you will receive power, right? Acts 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so here's what we need to remember is Jesus was always modeling for us what life in him would look like. 
Jesus was always modeling for us what we what Christianity should look like. Now, I know this is stretching for us, but we need to we need to keep hearing this and we need to keep praying into this and understand that Jesus was laying out a model and he was laying out a pattern for us. In other words, he's called us to do the same works he did. But here's what I would suggest to us today. If he's called us to do the same works he did, that's why we're doing things like Healing School Sunday. We're leaning in together. I, I'm so excited about being back together in person, and I'm so excited about where we can get back to Sundays in person, and we can get back to laying on of hands because we're going after this family. We're digging into this. We're going after this, but we are called to follow in his footsteps. We are called to follow in the way of Jesus, and part of that is moving in healing power. Part of that is moving in signs and wonders and miracles, and even even guys, in the days that we are in, it is so important. It is so key that we have a gospel, not just of word, but a gospel of power. People need to see the power of God. But in the middle of all this, in the middle of this call, I want to focus on what the Holy Spirit kept highlighting all these passages. There's the key of being moved with compassion. If we want to grow in healing, if we want to grow in the supernatural, guys, one of the things that I think God is speaking to us even today as we're in this time is that he wants us to learn to be moved with compassion. He wants us to grow in compassion. We need to follow the footsteps of Jesus and be moved by compassion. You know about you, but often for myself as I am praying into growing in healing, as I'm praying into growing the supernatural, I don't even mean to, but just naturally, I kind of get into the perspective, well, if I just will do more, if I'll just try harder, you know, if I just will study more, if I'll just do all these things, and you know, there's nothing wrong with studying more. There's nothing wrong with giving extra time to prayer. But here's what I've come to understand. It's not about me doing more, but it's about me receiving more. It's about my connection to the vine, right? The vine and the branches. The more connected I am, the more I receive from him, the more I have to give to others, right? So even when we're talking about this whole compassion thing, it's not, okay, I'm going to try and have more compassion. It's I'm going to connect into him more. I'm going to yield to him more. I'm going to receive more from him. And if we're going to talk about compassion, which is this love that moves us to action, right? The more we receive his love for us. That's why last month was so important because we were talking about receiving the love of Father, receiving the love of Abba, God, you know, receiving his love in our life. And the more we receive his love, the more compassion grows in our heart. And the more we grow in compassion, guys, I believe it's going to unlock more of the healing power and the supernatural power of God because it gets our motives lined up right, right? What are our motives for wanting to walk in power? What are our motives even for wanting to walk in healing, right? When we're moved by compassion, it's bringing us to the right motivation, which is the motives of God's heart, which is love for people. You know, if we go back to Matthew 9, 35 to 38, we read it already, but just as we come to a close here and into this last, you know, just a last couple thoughts, I want to go back here because I think it gives us some great keys on how we can grow in compassion. Verse 35 says again, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. So here's the question. How do we grow in compassion? 
right? You're listening with me. We're in this together. We're saying, okay, we want to grow in healing. We want to grow in the supernatural. How do we grow in compassion? Well, first and foremost, let me say this very simply off the start. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more he rubs off on us. See, Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus had this incredible compassion for people. The more time we spend with him, the more compassion is going to show up in our lives. See, he was moved with compassion and he was moved to action. So spend time with him. Be with him. The second thing from this passage, it talked about Jesus was teaching, preaching, and he was healing. Here's what I've learned. The more I expose myself to teaching, the more I expose myself to preaching, the more even I witness God move. I don't, you, you see a miracle. You see someone healed. You see how it impacts their life. It does something inside of you. And so I believe the more that we get involved in teaching and preaching regarding healing the supernatural, the more we get involved in teaching and preaching regarding the love of God, like the more we dive into what God says about this, we dive into hands-on experiences with Jesus because that'll change you and transform you, the more your compassion begins to grow, right? So spend time with Jesus. Get involved in this. It's going to grow our compassion. Number three, I think this passion speaks to us about seeing the multitudes. You know, obviously there was an element of Jesus just looked out and he saw the multitudes. But I believe there was something even more important. Because how many know you can see someone but not really see them? How many have ever been in a situation, maybe it was you on one end or the other, where you, you saw someone but you didn't really see them? You didn't really see what was going on. You were so busy and focused on your own life or maybe you were in a spot where someone saw you but they didn't really see you. See, I believe that compassion comes as we really see people. Compassion comes as we see people with God's eyes, as we see people through God's perspective, as we see the multitudes, as we see the challenges, as we see the difficulties, we see what the enemy's trying to do in attacking their lives. It helps to birth compassion inside of us. Now, this is a dangerous prayer to pray. God help me to really see people because so often we like our comfortable life. We, we, it's hard to see the challenges that people are facing. It's hard to see the things they're going through. It's hard to see the, the wickedness and the injustice in our world. It's much easier to just go through life with kind of our own little bubble where everything is nice and everything's easy and everything works well. But God wants us to push past that and he wants us to see the multitudes. The more we see, the more compassion will grow in our heart. Would you pray with me today and say, God, help me to see the multitudes? You know, something else that really stands out to me in this passage was the element of prayer. I believe as we pray for people, I believe as we pray for the harvest, as we pray for the purposes of God, compassion will grow in our hearts. Furthermore, Jesus talked about praying for the harvest. I believe that God, God's been doing something in my life recently. There's just been this fresh passion to see people come to Jesus. There's been this fresh passion for the gospel and recognizing that every single person needs to have an opportunity to know who Jesus is, needs an opportunity to hear the good news. And I believe as you grow in that, as you lean into that, God's heart for the harvest, it helps to build that compassion in our hearts, right? It helps to build that compassion inside of each one of us. And then last but not least, really simply, here's what I've learned. The more I step out in compassion, the more my compassion is going to grow. Right? Watch this. If compassion is a deep love that moves me to action, the more I actually engage with that, the more my compassion is going to grow. 
and the more my compassion is going to develop, right? So if God's stirring in my heart to pray for somebody and I step out and I do it, whether I see immediate fruit or not, the fact that I've been obedient, the fact that I've stepped out starts to grow my compassion capacity, right? When I get involved in the lives of people, when I step out in faith, when I step out in obedience, it grows my compassion capacity. And I really want to encourage you, in this season, God wants to grow our compassion capacity. But a big part of that is stepping out. You know, in closing, I'm not going to read it to you today, but I'm sure you're familiar with the story of the Good Samaritan. And uh, there's, there's a man who was traveling, and, and Jesus told the story, and he was robbers attacked him, and they beat him, and they left him for dead. And he's lying there on the roadside and then a, a priest comes by and just kind of moves to the other side of the road and keeps going. A Levite comes by, moves to the other side of the road, keeps going. But then it says a Samaritan came by. Now again, some context. Samaritans were absolutely hated in Jesus' day. They were hated by, by the Jewish people. And so Jesus chose to use the Samaritan in this story. It was like he, he chose the most offensive type of person you could think. And he came by. But watch this. It says in the scriptures in that passage, in that story, it says he had compassion on him and he took him and see there's so much that we could pull this passage here's what i want you to get the priest who would have been seen like you know a very holy man of god he went by he didn't do anything the levite who was seen as a holy man of god he went by he didn't do anything but then the samaritan who was hated who would have been shunned he went by he had compassion and he did something we can say we have compassion all we want to but here's what really matters are we going to do something are we going to do something? Are we going to pray for somebody? Are we going to minister to somebody? Are we going to step out of the boat? Are we going to step out of our comfort zone? Family, just as we bring things to a close today and we're going to go into communion and we're going to pray for healing, I want to encourage you that even one of the themes in this season, one of the themes we're talking about, even in the world around us right now, is there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of people that need the healing power of God, whether it's in their bodies, whether it's in their minds, whether it's in their, their marriages, whether it's in their relationships. There are so many people that need the healing power of God. And what we're going after here as a church family, it's not just an academic exercise, right? It's not just, well, you know, yeah, there's scriptures and let's look at these scriptures and let's compare doctrines and argue back and forth, right? It's not even just about showing people how spiritual we are. Sometimes we get caught up in this thing of the power of God and the healing power of God because we want to look good. We want people to look at us and go, wow, they have the power of God. No, guys, it's it's about having compassion on the needs of people. It's about recognizing that sickness and disease is evil. It's wicked. It destroys lives. It hurts and destroys people. It rips apart families. And we have an opportunity, even with the prophetic word over our church family, that we're called to be a house of healing, to lean into this. Why? Because of this compassion for the needs of people, recognizing that we have access to something that can transform lives. We have access to something that can you know, turn, make, turn around impossible situations. We have access to something, the healing power of God that can literally open people's eyes to the gospel and cause them to move from darkness to light, to spend eternity with Jesus. And so we need to have this compassion and this love for people that says we're going to lean into this together. We are going to do something. Come on, somebody where you are right now, say we're going to do something. Come on, just say it again. We're going to do something. In Jesus' name, with God's help, we are going to grow in compassion. 
and it is going to move us into action. And everyone who agreed with me in this today said, Amen. All right, so we're going to take, in just a moment, we're going to take communion. I'm going to, we're going to have a brief pause here. I'm going to have the elements ready, and we're going to pray for healing. And we're also going to pray for every single one of us that God will just do a fresh work in our heart in the area of compassion. Amen? All right, I'm going to be back with you in just a moment. everyone. Well, I trust you have your communion elements ready with you. We're, uh, oh, it's just, it's an honor. It's an honor to be able to take communion together. Again, I'm really looking forward to when we can do it back in person. But even now, I still believe in the power. And I believe in the power of remembering him together. You know, and so the Bible tells us that on the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Whenever you eat this, do so in remembrance of me. Let's eat the bread today. Let's eat it in remembrance of our Lord and Savior. The scriptures also say he took the cup. He said, this is my blood which is shed for you for the remission of sins. Whenever you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. Let's drink together today in remembrance of him. Let's pray. First, as we pray, I'm going to pray for each one of us to have a, uh, a fresh compassion encounter in our lives. That God is going to be stirring and moving in us and fresh with His love. Again, remember, it's not something we're going to do in our own strength, but it is something that we receive from Him. We love because He first loved us. We are going to have compassion for others because we've encountered the compassionate love of God our Father. And so I'm going to pray for that. And then we're just going to immediately segue into praying for healing. And so if you have any sickness or disease in your body, I want you to set your faith even today as we pray for God's healing power to move and to touch you today. So let's pray and agree. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you. And Father, I thank you for every person that's watching this right now. Lord, I thank you for every individual here, every individual under the sound of my voice. And even today, as we've been talking about compassion, even today, as we've been talking about the connection between compassion and, and, your, and, and miracles, compassion and healing, compassion and the, the work of the Holy Spirit, I pray right now in Jesus' name for every one of us that there will be a fresh move, Holy Spirit, a fresh move in our hearts of compassion. Lord, I pray that we will receive a fresh infilling of your love, and I pray that we will walk in your love in an even a new way and a new dimension. And we will have such incredible compassion for people. God, forgive us for the ways so often that we have walled ourselves off from people, the ways we've insulated our hearts so we can just live a comfortable, uh, quote-unquote, normal life. But God, we're missing out on so much because it's about allowing our heart to truly have compassion. But then that compassion is going to move us to action. God, so often we have cut off the work of compassion in our lives because we didn't want to move into action. We didn't want to be inconvenienced. We didn't want to have to handle all that or deal with all that. God, forgive us for that. 
And I pray today for every one of us, God. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name for a fresh compassion, a fresh love of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and that we will truly have compassion on people. We will love people. We will be moved by compassion in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray today, even as we are moved by compassion for every person, God, every person under the sound of my voice, every person, even in households, maybe they're not even watching right now, but they're, they're connected to someone who's watching this. And we pray today in Jesus' name for healing in the name of Jesus. We speak and release healing. Whatever the disease is, whatever the sickness is, whatever the challenge is, today in the name of Jesus, we speak by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Healing flowing through your body right now. Whatever is out of order is coming into order now, God. Your shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, total restoration in Jesus' name. And we just pray, God, even as I stretch my hands forward right now, we pray and we release healing now in Jesus' name. God, we also thank you in addition to physical healing. We thank you for mental and emotional healing, even as we're talking about God in, in these days where there is so much fear and worry and, and, and mental health situations that are rising for people because of all that we're walking through. We speak healing today in Jesus' name. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. So I want you, wherever you are right now, just, just receive it. Just put yourself in a position to receive it. Maybe you can test something out. You can check something out. But we just thank you, Lord, for your healing power flow. Father, I thank you that we are growing in compassion and we are growing in healing. God, we're growing in this love of compassion and we're moving, moved to action in the name of Jesus. And so we thank you for this, Lord. And everyone agreed with me today said, amen, amen, amen. Come on, somebody say today, I'm growing in compassion. Come on, say, I'm growing in the love of God. That's moving me to action. All right, well, it's been so good to be together today. Before we go, there's just one last question I want to ask everyone watching here. And it's simply this. Are you ready to stand before God? See, the Bible says that it's appointed unto man once to die, and then comes judgment. Oh, that sounds like a really heavy word, but really what it just means is we're going to stand before God, and we're going to give an account for our life. We're giving an account for every thought we have ever thought, every word we've ever said, every action we've ever committed. And here's the challenge. For all of us, we're going to be in trouble when we stand before God. Right? All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of God's standard. And because of that, we're going to deserve eternal punishment. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Jesus came. He died. He rose again. He said, if you'll put your faith and trust in me, uh, I'll take your sin. I'll forgive you. I'll give you righteousness. And you will stand before God as if you never committed sin at all. And you will spend eternity with me. This is the gift of salvation that is available for every single one of us. And so I just want to make sure before we log off today, if there's anyone watching and you need to be right with God. Today is your day. Don't wait another day. Don't say, oh, well, I'm going to wait till I'm older or I'm going to wait till I get this done in my life. Today is the day for you to give your life to Him. Tomorrow is not promised, guys, right? I, I, I mean, I, I hope for all of us we're here tomorrow. I hope for all of us. We've got many, many years in front of us, but life, can, life is a vapor. It can disappear so quickly. Make sure you're right with God. And so if you're watching this today and you realize, yeah, I need, to, I need to be right with God, I want you just to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. 
Thank you that you died. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin and I commit my life to you. Forgive me. Fill me. Free me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, if you prayed that prayer, if you, uh, if you prayed that along with me and you meant it, you are now right with God. But it's not just about praying a prayer, but it's about starting to walk with him every single day. And so we want to support you and help you in this journey. If you can just click on the button that's on your screen or reach out, let us know. We want to stand with you and support you in this journey. We're so thankful you made this commitment to Jesus. And now we want to commit to help you in any way we can. So let us know. We'd be so glad to help you. But other than that, it's been so good to be together. We're excited about July. We're excited about how things are reopening. We're excited about getting together in person. I hope to see you this Friday at our in-person worship experience. But we love you. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.